the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. And welcome to the program. Thank I you. I am Stu. This I am Pat. Is Pat that son of Joseph? Is ugh. and then there's the, the blob, the thing, uh, the Hi. heap. Hi. The what? <laughs> heap. Oh, that's not my name. Oh, okay. Triple eight seven two seven back eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. You know, we. Uh, we continue the aftermath of the shooting, and it's it's been it, it's been unbelievable uh, the nonsense coming out of the left. Um, I, 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 I don't fully understand how every single time it's about the right, whether uh, somebody on the left has been shot or somebody on the right has been uh, shot. It's always right. the fault of the right. I know they're actually blaming. Somehow they're making this. Into a Trump thing. Yeah, it is amazing. I mean, GOP congressmen were shot at a baseball field, and it's Donald Trump's fault. <laughs> I mean, that's unbelievable. How do you even... I mean, it, it defies all description. It really does. They, and they will go to any lengths. The New York Times is probably the worst of this. Uh, New York Times... Uh, let's see, do we have the... Uh, are we the full, oh, we have the quote. Uh, here we go. This is the New York Times uh, op-ed quote. Now, this is interesting because there's an update to this story. Here it is. Um, I can't remember who tweeted this, but here's the, the highlighted part. Um, in 2011, when Jerry Lee Loeffner opened fire in a supermarket par- parking lot, grievously wounding uh, Gabby Giffords and killing six people, including a <clears throat> nine-year-old girl, the link to political incitement was clear. Before the shooting, Sarah Palin's political action committee circulated a map of targeted electoral districts that put Ms. Giffords and 19 other Democrats under stylized crosshairs. It goes on to say a little bit more, too, uh, saying... Uh, you know, uh, let's see, there's one other line in there that's pretty amazing. Um, conservatives and right-wing media were quick on Wednesday to demand uh, forceful condemnation of hate speech and crimes by, uh, crimes by anti-Trump liberals. Uh, they're right, uh, though there's no sign of incitement as direct as in the Giffords attack. Liberals should, of course, so hold themselves to the same standard of decency. Now, I think if you went back and you read that from 2011, you'd be like, look at the New York Times. They jumped to this ridiculous conclusion, mm-hmm. and they were completely wrong. This was written yesterday, not in 2011 when the details weren't known and they jumped to a false conclusion. The details are known. It's been proved it had nothing to do with politics whatsoever. The man was completely insane. He thought grammar was a world conspiracy. He was obsessed <clears throat> with Gabby Giffords 
three years before the ad even came out about mm-hmm. targeting uh, districts and was under suspicion for uh, shady activities at that point. He was not a Sarah Palin fan. Uh, it had nothing to do with Sarah Palin or that that district was targeted for election purposes. Now, I mean, there was no violent rhetoric. There was no direct tie. There was no tie, direct or indirect, uh, to what Sarah Palin said. It's just it was and it's been disproven for five years, six years. Yeah, and this is not a new thing. Now, the New York Times has come out and issued a correction. I mean, they did not adjust. The piece should have been retracted. Yeah, I mean, sure. largely the piece was based on the fact that, hey, we shouldn't do uh, we shouldn't blame politics uh, f- uh, for this, though Republicans are really responsible for this this uh, environment. Yeah. And the only reason they're saying we shouldn't blame politics is because it's their politics to blame if you're going to blame anybody's politics. True. And this, so, is the, this is the point we made uh, uh, on, on radio a little bit. If you happen to listen to the show today, it was a good <clears> one. And what we were talking about was. It's difficult to do what we need to do here, Mm -hmm. right? It's easy for us to defend ourselves in 2011 because we were the ones who were being blamed for everything. Mm -hmm. It's harder to say that principle we established in 2011 applies applies. here. Now, I, I, because my point was, you know, look, Jared Lee Loeffner didn't have anything to do with politics, but let's say he did. Let's say he was some right-wing lunatic who came out and committed violence because he and he listened to the Glenn Beck program and he listened to the Jeff Fisher radio show on Saturdays from one to three a.m. or whatever. What is Wait, it? On? What? Whatever. Let's just uh, say, is Jeffy to blame for that? Well, yes, we would use that to, to hurt Jeffy, but other than that, no. The point is, and we did this with Keith Olbermann in 2010. We kind of hit this at the end mm-hmm. of the show, and it was something I had forgotten <clears throat> about. Pat and I were filling in for uh, for Glenn that day, and there was a shooting. This guy uh, had uh, cited all of his frustrations that echoed what the left was saying at that time, what Keith Olbermann was spouting on the air every day. And we said, Keith Olbermann is responsible for these murders. Uh, Now, of course, we're being ridiculous. That's not actually true, but it shows how dumb the Tea Party point was when they were trying to do this previously. Media Matters cut out the explanation there and just said that we blamed uh, Keith Olbermann for the shootings. But you think if they were consistent, why would they care about that blame? It should be applied that same way. Mm-hmm. No, no one is expecting Media Matters to be consistent. And they actually corrected that story, which is a, one of the most mesmerizing things that's ever happened in the United States, uh, really, since its founding, I would say. Mm-hmm. Pat, you're the historian here. but Yes, it is. The idea that that's Media confirmed. Matters corrected a story is, is pretty crazy. But, I mean, it's so amazing to see this here because the Loeffner thing, wasn't about politics. This one is. This was about politics. Mm-hmm. This guy's personal politics that he is responsible for, but he was motivated by politics. Um, and still, the left should not be blamed. Rachel Maddow should not have to change one damn word on her show because this guy listened to her and then wound up killing a congressman. It is not her fault. She does not need to adjust her commentary. And yet, how great is it that the guy was a super fan of, of Rachel Maddow? That's I mean, fantastic. It's only great from the person. It's fantastic yeah. because now every time they try to lay blame on us, yep. they have that. Yep, and they're going to always have to. I mean, and so at least it it disables that point to some level, at mm-hmm. some uh, level, and yes. and that is important. But again, like you know, that it's it's just it's not Bernie Sanders' fault. It's not. You know? it's but really the hypocrisy not. from Sanders and, uh, and obviously others, unbelievable, is really amazing. I mean, yesterday he condemned the vicious shooting um, because, of course, the guy is a Bernie fan, voted for him, campaigned for him. Uh, but in 2011, when Gabby Giverts was shot, he had a completely different tone. Um, he said this horrendous act of violence 
is not some kind of strange aberration for this mm -hmm. area where it appears threats and acts of violence are part of the political climate. Nobody can honestly express surprise that such a tragedy has finally occurred. In light of all this violence, both actual and threatened, there, there wasn't, what violence was threatened? What actual violence was, there was none. There was none from the Tea Party. The rhetoric on the right, there was no violence. And there wasn't, I don't even know that there, any was threatened. Is Arizona in a state in which people who are not Republicans are able to participate freely and fully in the democratic process? Have right-wing reactionaries, through threats and acts of violence, intimidated people with different points of view from expressing their political positions? I mean, that, that's what Sanders was saying uh, six years ago. So, uh, I don't know. It, that's what makes all of this so dang hard uh, it is hard i mean like for example let me give you another one i mean while we're tempting ourselves here all right paul krugman 2011 Ugh. talking about how uh were, when you heard the terrible news from arizona were you completely surprised or were you at some level expecting something like this to happen put me in the latter category i've had this sick feeling in the pit, pit of my stomach ever since the final stages of the 2008 election um uh the department of homeland security uh uh issued a, a, a report uh, that right-wing extremism was on the rise, a growing potential for violence. Conservatives denounced that report, but there has, in fact, been a rising tide of threats and vandalism aimed at elected officials, including a judge uh, who was killed Saturday and Representative Gabrielle Giffords. One of these days, someone was bound to take it to the next level. Um, now, it's interesting because he actually goes on, and I forgot about this part of it, goes on to address the fact that, yeah, liberals also are very critical of Republicans. Here's how he, uh, and I, you know, he's got a thousand examples of this, of course. And there's a huge contrast in the media. Listen to Rachel Maddow or Keith Olbermann, and you'll hear a lot of caustic remarks and mockery aimed at Republicans. But you won't hear jokes about shooting government officials and beheading a journalist at the Washington Post. Listen to Glenn Beck or Bill O'Reilly and you will. Uh, no. Uh, no. What? Bill O'Reilly? Glenn Beck? Neither one of those what? has ever... Talk that kind of did we trash. ever have we we've made a Never. joke about beheading someone at the no. Washington Post? When the hell did that happen? Uh, we we so made a shooting government officials. I mean, we have a really. I mean, that's just libel. That's yeah. just freaking libel, <laughs> and we should have sued the guy for it. Yeah, at we probably the time. should have at the time. Krugman is a giant piece of crap. Uh, he is. Of course, the likes of Mr. Beck and Mr. O'Reilly responding to mm. popular demand. Citizens of other democracies may marvel at the American psyche at the way efforts of mildly liberal presidents expand health care coverage are met with cries of tyranny and talk of armed resistance. Talk of armed resistance. What is the name of the democratic movement right now to oppose Donald Trump? What's it called? What's it called? Resist March? Or the something? Resistance. The Resistance? Yeah. The <laughs> Resistance. It's the actual word you criticize the right for you. This is insane. we got to go through this whole thing. I forgot yeah. about how bad this was. Tomorrow on radio, oh, we really... This is unbelievable. This jackass... I, I, see, this is what it, this is. This I is know. what you're talking about, Pat. Yes. yes, this is what you shouldn't do. It, that's, that's what makes it so incredibly hard. So hard. So hard. So difficult. Ugh. I mean, you know, B Bernie Sanders. Again, I do. Is he right on what he said yesterday? Yes. I, I, yes. Of course, he's right. Um, he made the same point we made back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, of course, he criticized us at that point. Who's being consistent here? In 2011, we said the same thing as we're saying in 2017. Bernie Sanders mm -hmm. said the opposite. Who are these people? How can you live your life like that? How can you live your life coming out and without addressing it and saying I was wrong before? Because that's acceptable. If you say, you know what? 
In 2011, when I raised money and tried to blame all Republicans for this, that was the wrong thing to do. And I, you know what? Being on the other side of it, I now realize that. And, and you I would apologize. respect that. And I you'd be like, okay, it. yeah, that, that makes sense. I would. I would respect that. Mm-hmm. But how can you live with yourself when you sent out fundraising requests blaming the cultural right for uh, violent attacks that they were not responsible for? And now you're saying, look, I denounce violence. You can't blame me for this. I denounce violence. Well, yeah, you denounced violence. Good for you. We denounced it at the time, too. You think Mm -hmm. we wanted anybody shot? Of course not. Of course not. I mean, it is absolutely despicable what these people do. <laughs> they, it really they is. Are despicable and, you know, people. you give they credit to despicable. certain people. I mean, we mentioned people in the media, Jake Tapper being <laughs> one, who's not a leftist by any means, but he's a, a guy who I think tries to be fair and was fair on, on Lofter and was fair here. The uh, same thing I would give to a couple of people who are leftists, Chris Hayes and Jonathan Shade, who both at the time, or, or Shade at the time in 2011, said this absolutely he was not right wing, Lofter. Absolutely at, not right wing at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Hayes yesterday pointing out on the New York Times thing that we just discussed saying, look, let me step to the plate here and say, yeah, that op-ed is nuts. Good for you. And we should give those people credit. But you have to search for them a little bit. I mean, it's not easy. It's not easy. You know, it's easy to fall into the pattern of just finding all the bad ones because, man, there's a lot to count. There's a lot to, to find. It's really, it's, you got to do some digging to find the ones who are actually doing it right. But when they do it right, they, should, they deserve credit. Uh, so anyway, there you go. Um, this goes. So this is, by the way, Tapper. The thing I mentioned in Tapper, he said, uh, uh, Jared Lofner, uh, the shooter's motives remain unclear. One acquaintance from 2007 described him as a liberal, as he brought up on the national news on ABC. This is before he was with CNN. On ABC News, he brought that up. He also said um, uh, he pointed out uh, uh, those who purport to care about the health of our political community demonstrate precious little actual concern for America's political well-being when they seize on any pretext, however flimsy, to cause uh, to call their political opponent accomplices to murder. It's pretty good. And that's actually, a, a, he was quoting a Glenn Reynolds there, but he brought that up specifically. He also said uh, uh, um, that uh, this was not a shooting. In fact, three years previous uh, to this uh, incident, uh, two, three years previous to the ad with, this, with the uh, crosshairs, uh, Lofner was already obsessed with Gabrielle Giffords uh, in a crazy person sort of way, which is what he was. Which is what he was. So it's why we like Jake Tepper so much. Yep. Uh, you just got to respect the guy because he calls BS on this stuff, right and left. He, he, he's pretty consistent. I don't want to draw any more attention. Hi, it's Pat and Stu, 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Katy Perry's father has put in a a request for you to... to oh pray for his daughter. He's, I guess I he's like a preacher, story. right? Yeah, he is. I think yeah. his parents both were, right? Um, and, and I, yeah, they're evangelists. Yeah, and, uh, you know, oh. I, this is a tough story because, I mean, can you imagine you raise your kid as a, you know, God-fearing Christian, uh, and you, uh, she, she starts off as a gospel singer, very talented, mm-hmm. and is really turned into, you know, basically straight out of sex symbol. 
Um, she's gone a completely yeah. different different way with her life, and that's going to be difficult for her parents to deal with. But instead of being, you know, denouncing her or being highly critical or making a big, de- she's just saying, you know, please pray for my daughter. I think that's kind of a cool way to go. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, don't judge her. Pray for her. Perry, whose birth name is uh, Catherine Hudson. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, recently released an extremely explicit new single, Bon Appetit. Uh, have you seen that? I've not seen that. Stunningly, no. It's uh, very explicit, really? though, apparently. Um, she and her parents have have to agree to disagree about her <laughs> musical decisions. I'm glad the cameras caught that. I am glad the cameras caught that What'd facial gesture of Jeff Fisher, good. who uh, is the creepiest man <laughs> to be born <laughs> ever. Oh, so what? What was? What did I miss? I just, All I can say is you, I, you said something about it being explicit. I yeah. said, "Oh, really? Is it?" And then that facial gesture told the whole story. <laughs> Have you actually seen it? Oh, he's yeah. seen yeah. it. Oh. And I would say, judging by the facial gesture, perhaps a thousand times. <laughs> really? And maybe oh. zoomed in oh. all the way. A thousand oh, times come on. Two thousand. Two thousand? Ten? You are, you are Ten thousand? You're a creepy dude, man. You're a creepy dude. <laughs> I hope someone goes back. Oh, they will. And, and, like, and there's nothing little... we do on this stupid show that somebody doesn't go back. Oh, uh, and... go back and make a gif out of that. That little, <laughs> just that little facial gesture tells the whole story. I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm glad you were looking at that piece of paper, Pat, when that happened because it would have creeped you out. <laughs> Was it just 2013? Katy Perry uh, was doing gospel singing. Four years ago? No. It says in 2013, oh, Perry, who started her music career as a gospel singer, but not in 2013, before turning to secular music at 17, told Marie Claire that she has rejected the Christian faith she was raised to embrace. I'm not Christian, she she said, but I still feel like I have a deep connection with God. Hmm. I pray all the time for self-control, for humility. I don't believe in heaven or a hell or an old man sitting on a throne I believe in a higher power bigger than me because that keeps me accountable. I, okay, for, let me just take a break here for a second because I, I respect hmm. the parents' request to pray for her and not necessarily judge her. Uh-huh. So I, I, I just want to make an observation here. That's okay. Mm-hmm. She mocks the Christian faith, an old man sitting on a throne. Right. What is more ridiculous yep. that there's an old man somewhere sitting on a throne judging us and doing all these crazy things? Of course, that's not actually what Christianity is, but like, put that aside. Mm-hmm. Let's say it is that. There's an old man somewhere who overwhelmed, overlooking the entire universe and making judgments on people. Is that more ridiculous? Or what was the second part of that again, Pat? Do you have it in front of you? Uh, I believe in a... The higher power. A higher power that holds me accountable? At least in the Christian scenario, there's somebody doing it. A higher power? Mm-hmm. Like, that's just as insane yeah. as the uh, mockery of Christianity you just proposed. In fact, worse. Because at least in theory, there's somebody in the ridiculous mockery of Christianity doing something. Here, you're talking essentially about the force. You're like, oh, well, you know what? That's a movie, mm. okay? It's a, like, I get the idea. It's so funny, like the New Age translation, which is essentially just her translating religion into terms she's more comfortable with. Right. There's a higher power that makes me feel more comfortable. I regret, I reject Christianity, but there's higher powers that hold me accountable. If you reject Christianity and you reject all other religions, no, there's not. No, there's not a higher power judging you. If you think that is not, the if you've rejected all of those things, at least there's a coherent ideology with with Christianity. This is just like, I don't know, maybe there's something. 
That's not more. That's not better than your your criticism of. Well, I, it's worse. There's, there's probably an argument to be made that she is saying that to, you know, appease the fans. Of course she is. Of Katy Perry. I mean, yeah, she's she she's know. been I, given I, I, quite a bit of quite a bit mm-hmm. more uh, tithing to Dad's church when she gave up uh, gospel singing. Yeah. No. And I and I think that's possibly true. Maybe she's just cynically like, okay, you know, you religious people, I I, I want you to know I'm kind of with you. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's very true of many celebrities who just sort of pick these feel good things like I will never be judged. Everyone is perfect. I love things. Everyone I love everything, <laughs> and I will never have any bad opinion about anyone. Of course, if they're conservative, I will, or if they're Christian, I will. But generally speaking, we're all this part of this universe and this universe and Mother Nature, and we all work together. These are all just religions you've made up right like they're just mm-hmm. religions with no ideology it's just this ethereal sort of nothingness that you've decided to apply your life uh, to apply to your life which is i mean in many ways much worse than the, than the fake thing you're criticizing yeah and then they get that holier than thou attitude yeah. i'm better than you because you believe in something superstitious or something stupid but that's not that's stupid not, that's not superstitious yeah, come on I, 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 it's I, it really is funny i mean again like People go through terms in their lives, right? Like maybe Katy Perry, you know, she had a really good foundation, apparently. And maybe she'll come back and find her way. And I think it's very legitimate to pray for her for that, for that to happen. It's just, it's, it's a little hard to take when she's mocking Christianity yes, at the same is. time. And then it's still applying some, you know, bizarre standard to her own life that has certainly less backing to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, less uh, thought put into it, less ideology behind it, less research done about it. There, there, there's no, there's, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it, there at least, uh, at least we know Jesus existed. Even if you just think he was a smart guy who had good recommendations, we at least know the guy was there. What's, what's your thing? Your thing a higher is, power. It's just a higher power of this, like, uh, you can't describe anything more than it holds me accountable? How? How does it hold you accountable <laughs> if it's nothing? I don't know. It's just I, maybe I'm picking it up. No, it's a, it's a good point. I think it's a good point. Uh, all right. We also have uh, Ireland's renewable heat incentive oh. scandal. What oh, is this? You'll love this one, Pat. Because, you know, uh, it's the same thing that Katy Perry would say. Certainly she would have praised this program uh, in Ireland. And certainly she praises all the left-wing uh, global warming stuff. And you want to talk about a religion that holds you accountable. Man, is global warming not one of them. I mean, mm. that's exactly what it mm-hmm. is at this point, except with no truth to it, no truth behind it. Um, it's amazing to kind of see uh, how governments translate that sort of viewpoint about uh, the environment and try to do the, th- the thing that will actually help. They always say this, Pat, you know, uh, this is a market function. We're just creating a market demand for these, uh, g- g- these green energies. And we, all we have to do is take a couple steps by the government and we can make these things great for you. Well, Ireland tried to do it and here's what happened. When you think of Ireland, you think of one thing, leprechauns. Bono, the color green. Okay, three things. Northern Ireland has attempted to associate their lush emerald paradise with a vigorous, environmentally friendly, AKA green agenda. To get people excited about being good stewards of the earth, the government created Northern Ireland's renewable heat incentive. Mm-hmm, what a catchy name. The idea is to encourage individuals and businesses to use biomass fuels. Well, at least that sounds like some mysterious, cool, new, environmentally friendly way to power your country, right? Well, no, not at all. Biomass fuels just mean things like wood pellets, 
pellets made out of wood. For every 100 pounds spent on wood pellets, they would receive 160 pounds. It sounds like a great way to save the planet and maybe make a few extra bucks. The renewable heat incentive sounded so good that people started buying wood pellets left and right. In fact, people started buying biomass boilers and wood pellets just for the money. Some true geniuses were able to make the government subsidy into a personal passive income stream. For example, one farmer expected to make a million pounds heating an empty shed. Another was on track to make a million and a half heating a couple of empty factories. This is the way these things always turn out. The government designs a system to force people to help the environment, and it winds up costing a fortune, plus making the environment worse. Classic Greenfail story. The misuse of this environmental program is now estimated to cost taxpayers upwards of 660 million pounds. And the real kicker is that environmentalists wasted all this cash convincing people that literally lighting trees on fire was somehow environmentally friendly. It's not. It's a tree holocaust, and we all know it. And for what? It's not even good for the environment. In the European Union's effort to produce 30% of its electricity from renewable sources by 2020, regulators decided to label wood as a carbon-neutral fuel for the purposes of emissions accounting, which is, at the very best, an alternative fact. Wood is absolutely not carbon-neutral. For example, the Drax power station uses more than a million metric tons of wood pellets from the U.S. every year. The result? The power station produces 3% more carbon dioxide, more carbon dioxide, than coal and twice as much as natural gas. And you also have to take into account the additional carbon emissions of just getting the wood pellets across the pond from America. Environmentally friendly leprechauns don't make wood pellets just magically appear. And to answer your question, yes, leprechauns are carbon neutral. While some entrepreneurs may have found their pot of gold in Northern Ireland's renewable heat incentive, it has largely been a colossal disaster on par with the movie Leprechaun in the Hood. It's that bad. And you don't even get a rapping leprechaun. Why bother? And that's why this green subsidy is yet another massive green fail. <laughs> great. More than coal. More that's so great. It's more that's great. than coal, worse than coal, and they're paying people to, to heat empty f- warehouses, and they're becoming millionaires off of it. Yes, I mean, that's Why amazing. don't I ever think of something I know. like that? I, one I of know. these times, one of these times, I want to think of that in, in advance of the segment. I wanna, wow, that's an interesting subsidy. Wait a minute, if I do this, this, and this, I can make a million dollars. Never happens to me. No. But there are those brilliant geniuses who could be able to manip- manipulate those systems, and uh, I do love it. Pat and Stu, triple eight seven two seven back. Jewish Hall of Fame vote, really important one today. Uh, yeah, I don't know where, where this is going to fall. Actually, I, I don't either. I don't know. I don't I know. Think it goes. I, I mean, I, I used to get uh, some defense um, of Alex Jones when we talk about him in the beginning. Yeah, haven't for a while, but uh, you know his his followers are a little, a little 
little touchy about it. And yeah. uh, I don't know, maybe some of them uh, are share. You know, we share some viewers. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if he winds up in the Douche Hall of Fame. Also, he's a very uh, active uh, internet uh, yes, he is. Uh, yeah. a guy. And I would not be surprised to see if uh, he attempts to manipulate. I love how he claims oh. 3 million viewers a day. <laughs> no. No. No, you don't have 3 million viewers a day. No. That's just... Uh, I believe he told uh, Ted Cruz he'd send him the information. Did Remember he? During the election, during the campaign of the primaries when he uh, hijacked Ted Cruz in the back of a hotel hallway and started talking about ratings and stuff. I and really Glenn do Beck and, I don't oh, yeah. remember that. He mentioned, to, did he, he tell him? Glenn Beck and said his ratings are going... He talked about his ratings and Good. going up. and said Gosh, that's unbelievable. Yeah. That's unbelievable. He's on like... I mean, really backwater radio stations overnight, that yeah. kind of thing. And, you know, like, it's nothing wrong with having some no, of those stations. No, I mean, it's but, fine. Yeah, we, I, fine. we certainly have stations that are small, too, uh, in addition to the ones that are really big. There's um, <laughs> uh, a separation there. He's However, just lacking he does, I will say, uh, the big ones. Yes. That's what he's lacking. However, I will say, uh, he does have a lot. Of, I mean, he's probably counting individual views or page views as people. And but I mean, even if that's true, he's got a, a large, uh, he got a large enough audience that he deserves a vote at the Douche Hall of Fame. And I, I have well, no just problem based with on the president's endorsement of him, he deserves yeah. a Hall of yes. Fame. He said he had an amazing reputation. And this yeah. is our answer to uh, NBC as well. I mean, he deserves uh, to be interviewed by Megyn Kelly. Yeah, and that interview yeah. needs to be aired. Yes, uh, he he is, and he's. Before, our argument was, obviously, his relevancy clause. Yeah, yeah I think he's risen to that. Yeah, I mean, I think the president mm. has helped him along with many mm-hmm. of the presidential advisors. Uh, mm-hmm. he's, the president has tweeted stories from this douche's news, news source. Now, again, you say, <laughs> right. wait a minute, don't, don't call him a douche. You're influencing the vote. Well, now, we all know he's a douche. a douche. We all know he's a douche. We just don't know yet whether he's a Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame douche. douche. It's, a, it's a high standard, and I can understand the relevancy clause argument. I don't, I don't want you to say that that's settled science. It's up to you to decide. <laughs> We're going to be uh, going to, is it patentstew.com? Will I get us that thing? That will get you there, okay. theblaze.com slash the feed as yeah. well. Yeah. And we're doing it in about 20 minutes, right? Uh, next hour. So get there next now, hour. get ready to vote, get your pencils okay. ready, as Jeffy would say, even though it's on the internet. <laughs> it's, I, I don't know how we do it. Get this your show. pencils ready. Sharp, sharp uh, the pencils. Don't, my, don't take my lines. Even if you were writing, you wouldn't advise people <laughs> to sharpen their pencils. Yeah, absolutely. You get the number two ready to go. Ugh, I hate you. Uh, interesting story from Maine. Uh... While jogging on a familiar overgrown wooded trail near her home on a recent warm afternoon, Rachel Borch thought to herself, what a beautiful day. Little did she know she was about to be attacked by a rabid raccoon she would end up killing with her bare hands. Nice. And you know it's rabid if it shows up during a beautiful day. Right. Uh, Because they're, they're nocturnal, so if they're running around in the daytime, they're almost certainly rabid. Is it possible this is what you two were singing about? It's a beautiful day, don't let it get away, which was the it was a rabid raccoon. <laughs> is yes. that possible? Don't yes. let it get away. Yes, it it's is. It's a rabid raccoon. Make sure you kill it with your bare hands. <laughs> uh, in the midst of appreciating the weather and scenery, she looked ahead and noticed a raccoon obstructing a narrow footpath, baring its tiny teeth. Suddenly, it began, began bounding t- this is ridiculous. Became bounding toward her. Borch recalled Wednesday afternoon during an now, interview. If a rabid raccoon starts running towards you, aren't you getting ready to swift kick that thing oh, about a, a, a raccoons a, are big men? You, they're oh come on, you kick it. You, you kick, kick the raccoon across the path. Comes at you again. You. 
kick it again. Well, they can give me 30, 40 pounds, right? I mean, yeah. uh, so I mean, I'm with you on kicking it. Kick I'll give you that, but they're, uh, yeah. <laughs> rabbit raccoon would not be fun. No, no, it wouldn't, actually. No, she knew instantly it had to be rabid. Um, she remembers ripping out her headphones and dropping her phone to the ground. Um, what felt like a split second later, the furry animal was at her feet. I just love the story. <laughs> it's just so good. Um, Borch said she was dancing around it, trying to figure out what to do. Uh, the path was too narrow to run past the, the raccoon, which began lunging at her. She suspended her disbelief. I knew it was going to bite me, figuring she would have the greatest ability to defend herself if she used her hand to hold it down. She decided that it would probably be the best place for the aggressive animal to latch on. The raccoon sank its teeth into Borch's thumb and wouldn't let go. It's a pause. I love how this gets this much of a story. Mm-hmm. This is what life in Maine is like, apparently. <laughs> like, hey, a, a raccoon attacks someone. Let's get three pages on that. Um, uh, in a matter of seconds, Borch, who could not unhinge the raccoon's jaw to shake it off her hand, noticed that she had dropped her phone and had fallen into a puddle and was fully submerged. She's in the middle of being bitten by a raccoon. She's looking at her phone. I didn't think I could strangle the raccoon with my bare hands, she thought. But holding it under the water might do the trick. Connecting the dots, she went on her knees, then dragged the biting raccoon under the puddle. This is, I mean, this is an intense life experience right here. Mm-hmm. With its thumb in my mouth, I pushed its head into the muck. She held it there, which felt for what felt like an eternity until it stopped struggling, and its arms sort of fell to the side, its chest heaving really slowly. Hyperventilating and hysterics. She drowned the raccoon. She drowned drowned it. She killed it. Yeah, she killed the raccoon. She's a murderer. Yeah. A raccoon murderer. I'm sorry. The raccoon was in its own home, Mm -hmm. its natural habitat. She's invading that space, and then she murders this... uh, Raccoon in its home? I mean, where's the ASPCA? Where are they? I don't where, know. Where's, where's PETA? I don't know. And they're talking about, oh, oh, she might have rabies. Oh, oh, it's 100% fatal if not treated. Oh, oh, what a big problem for the human being who just murdered the raccoon. Had she not been in its home in the first place. Mm-hmm. She is a raccoon home intruder, and the raccoon was defending its turf. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Thank you, Pat. Welcome. I want to. I just want to thank you. For Welcome. That. I want to thank you for taking a strong I, stand. I think on she that should show. be in jail right now. She should be in prison. <laughs> might be too good for her. Yeah. It right. Might be too good right? for her. Maybe death row Maybe. is where she belongs. <laughs> it's, it's murder. Right. right? It's a, yeah. It's a penalty for murder. So, so there you what go. What are you saying? A human life is greater than a raccoon's? No. no, all life. Well, this is what happens. Is Pat, important when you pave paradise and you put up a parking lot. Yeah. Okay. That is what. That's happens. what happens. The raccoons yeah. get a little upset when you pave mm-hmm. their paradise and you put up a parking lot. Hey, farmer, farmer, put away that DDT. Yeah. I don't give a crap about spots on my apples. Give me the birds and the bees. Yeah, and also millions okay. dead from disease that we could have prevented sure. because we. Sure. There's DDT. that. Yeah. But all but I mean, life yeah. is important. Right. Including. Including. Raccoons. And mosquitoes. So there you Think go. Think about that for a minute. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. 888 back. More patents too. Come on. In a minute or two. Hurts. Hurts. Mm-hmm.
some stories that Jeffy found and felt like sharing with us so we don't have to talk anymore. Yeah. Well, with the struggle of the shooting yesterday, uh, we forgot <laughs> to mention that uh, it was also uh, our president's birthday. So, happy birthday. Was it really? Donald Trump. Uh, 71. 71 years old, years old already. 71 yesterday. So, it was a heck of a way to spend a birthday. The that's for sure. oldest ever elected, is that right? Or is he second after uh, Reagan? I don't know. No, because I'm trying to think. Uh, I, think, I, I think he I might be remember. the oldest. He might have been the oldest elected. It was pretty close, right? Yeah. It was neck and neck. They were, he and Hillary both were uh, pushing uh, old age. Hillary was 67, 68, right? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, she was. Yep. Okay. Way Reagan turned 70, <clears throat> something right, like 70 see. days into his presidency or something oldest. like that. But Trump was already 70. So he is the oldest ever? Yes. That's I believe he's the oldest ever elected. Donald Trump, the oldest at the time of entering office. There you go. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Wow. There you go, Jeff. Interesting. You, you, All right. So. In that, you remember, I mean, you go back to the founding of the country. So you remember all the presidents. And mm-hmm. I mean, which one, do you, do you remember some of the older ones from earlier on? Well, they just seem older because it was so many years ago. But really, they were young whippersnappers it's when they true, were old. That's true, actually. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, they had the, the powdered wigs. We but, were, uh, they we were, we were whippersnappers back then, Stu. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. that's all I'm saying. So because of the shooting, uh, the baseball game is still going on tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were practicing for that baseball game. Uh, the game, actually, uh, it's now, I just discovered, is going to be broadcast on all the national networks. What? Uh, Is it really? They tweet, they Facebook the Congressional Baseball Game for Charity Facebook. The game will be televised on all national That's awesome. Networks. I actually heard someone rec- say, you know what, they should put this game on ESPN so people can actually so, watch it. Uh, I am, I, that's actually really cool. I'm glad, really now, glad they're doing that. I will say this. This story uh, about wow. Donald Trump and the baseball game really kind of irks me, makes me mad. Is it actually baseball know. or is it softball? I, I think it is baseball. I think it's is baseball. It, they're yeah. actually playing baseball? I think it's baseball. Wow. Okay. Um, is that Donald Trump is not going to the game. Okay? Yeah. Which kind of pisses me off. And I don't know that it's him not wanting to go or uh, whether the deal is. Spicer said yesterday that uh, an appearance would be too burdensome. Right. So... Yeah, no, he's won't. the president of the United States. Well, two things on this. First of all, they're saying it's too burdensome on the on the Secret Service because they mm. were oh, no, I wouldn't want them to do their to secure the to secure the stadium. I don't want them to do their. However, job. may I make a prediction here? And this is the type of prediction that you need to make sure you mark down so we talk about it next week. If it's right, if it's wrong, <clears> forget <throat> about it, and we will never discuss it again. <laughs> However, it is my belief. A grand dramatic entrance from Donald Trump at this game when it's on all the networks is going to happen. And it would also make sense for them to say he's not going to be there. Yeah. So that security is better. Yes. Uh, Also, it helps the drama, which, of course, Trump loves. So they've said they're definitely not going to do it. However, Trump will be there tonight. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Trump helicopter land in center field. I know. I, seriously, it's I gonna, know. I, it probably will be something really cool. Anyway, you're uh, right. You're absolutely right, and that's. I'm glad you well, went there because I was actually going to end there. But it, if it's true that it would be too burdensome, mm-hmm. that really ticks well, me off. Well, now you're talking about the president I, of the United I, I States. Understand you don't want to unduly the president should be put able him to at risk. Him. You don't. You don't want to do that. The president goes all over the world anytime he wants, know, wherever he wants. I know. Preparation. I know, but there's, there's yes, a lot of preparation. You don't. He doesn't just say, oh, "I'm going to Paris today." 
he, you know, that's been planned for a year or two years if or whatever. Pre- maybe, I, maybe I'm two house of cards. But if the president wants to go somewhere, damn it, he should be able to go somewhere you know wherever what, the hell he wants. I think the, the answer to that is you're yes, right. thank you. And uh, because they will do I mean, it. they'll make it happen. They'll make it happen. And that's, but, exa- what, that's but exactly what's going to happen tonight. At what me? cost? And then people will bitch about that. Well, that costs $48,000 yeah, well, just to drive down the street. <laughs> well, that costs $10 million just to secure the, the building. <laughs> Is, you know, why are you just watching on TV? So. Is Donald Trump <laughs> you can't really win. going to turn down the opportunity right. to walk out I don't in front think of he will. every I don't network think so either. and sit down at that game? No way. No he's, way. He's going to be there tonight. Hell, he might throw out the first pitch. He might. I wouldn't be surprised but, at all. But again, that would take a lot of security. So who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it is a, it's a, you know, like Bush goes to the Rangers yes. game fairly consistently. Consistently. I know that's uh, not a, as I know, exact but still. Compared, but like, it is a controlled environment already. Like, there's already, like, they're already got all these congressmen on the field. There's obviously tons of security there already. To me, it's them saying, it's, it's like the, the player who says, I'm too sick to play, and then he comes out from the locker room. Right, okay. They, they, he that. wants mm-hmm. that moment yeah, here. That's, that's my guess. That's very possible. All right, so don't forget we have the Douche Hall of Fame vote coming, oh, yeah, coming up, up. Uh, next hour mm-hmm. uh, for uh, Alex Jones. 95% into the Hall of Fame. All of you voting, go, up, go to theblaze.com slash the feed or patent and andstew.com, and it'll take you right to the feed. Uh, the Bill Cosby trial, I want to get to this quickly, and I know we're running out of time, but the Bill Cosby trial is now deadlocked. And uh, they cannot come to a unanimous consensus on any of the three counts of aggravated indecent assault. So have they just declared a mistrial yet? No, not yet. The judge sent them back, asked the jury uh, to begin to go back, deliberate some more, and attempt to reach a consensus. And then, uh, uh, you know, we'll see where we're at after that. It's got to be frustrating for the guys involved. You know, they want to go home. I'm going to go home. Yeah, we just told you we can't come up with a conclusion. Why are you sending us back? I know. We want to go home. Leave us alone. uh, Now, the makeup of the the jury is interesting. Four white women, uh, one black woman, six white men, one black man. Yeah, there's only two blacks on the And they're making a big deal out of, uh, you know, this deadlock by, uh, you know, they're they're deadlocked. So, you know, who's holding out, who's saying. Oh, are you you stereotyping um, here? Just saying. Is that what you're saying? saying? Look, I want Bill. Look, let's end this thing and let Bill Cosby go home. Shut up. Why? If he's he's guilty, he he should go to prison. You don't, you don't believe he's guy. guilty, Look, or you don't be, you believe that they're they're not going through the process appropriately? I don't think they went through the process appropriately. Bill Cosby is an old guy. He's not out there raping this, people this today. Is, this is from what seven? This is from ten years ago, two thousand five, twelve years ago. Maybe yeah, I think it's twelve years even ago. Four. It's yeah, two thousand five. Still, you pay your penalty, whether yeah. you're old or not. He's right. blind. He can't see. He's got his career's over. You've ruined his legacy. Isn't that enough? No, no, not, rape. not, not if you rape somebody. Not at all. If you didn't rape somebody, then yeah, send him home. Yeah, send him home. That's what they're determining right now. Triple eight seven two seven Beck Patents do the evidence as to whether or not 
Alex Jones belongs in the douche hall of fame. Mm. Uh, he is uh, supposedly a, a human and not a reptilian. Um, yeah, I mean, you you be the the judge. Here's a uh, compilation of some of the strange noises that come from this supposed human and not reptilian. <laughs> All right, there you go. Yeah, okay. uh, that's that's All a good right. point. Um, now, uh, and, and we should, by the way, direct you to patentstew.com, P-A-T-A-N-D-S-T-U.com, which will direct mm-hmm. you to the feed, which is where you can vote on this. Um, Jeffy, uh, quickly, um, are you are you eating those right now? Are you eating the red velvet? Oh pancakes? my gosh, yes. Why are you? They're eating so them? good. She set them down in front of me. That's not. That doesn't mean you eat everything. <laughs> You are incorrect, sir. <laughs> well, we're not for- we're not voting on Jeffy into the. No, we're voting on yeah. Alex uh, Jones into the douche hall. Although thing. they they do look very very <laughs> oh, similar. So same person. Uh, same person. I we we fully believe that. What, are you? Um, how are you? Are you uh, eating them with your hands? Yeah, I rolled it up. I'm eating it. But don't you eat pancakes with a fork? Not if we're here and I'm working. Okay, I'm eating a fork. Okay, I, there uh, are, there's a fork uh, here. Here's, uh, here's some of Alex Jones uh, apologizing for his uh, strange outbursts. Ed, excuse me, I apologize. We have a lot of Christian affiliates. I am a Christian. But I will stomp your head in if you start a fight with me, you thug scum. You thug Anyways, scum. Anyways, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. A bunch of cowards. Anyway, excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, I'm not controlling myself right now. She is a demon damned to hell. Excuse me. I've been trying Excuse to control me. myself, trying to be professional about this. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, I just am just really getting pissed. Excuse me. We're not going to have Pepsi with baby flavoring in it. I mean, what the hell have we become? Excuse me. If I didn't have a liberal from New York in the bathroom, I couldn't wipe my Excuse me. I apologize. We have a family audience. That was wrong, and I won't do it again. You think I'm a coward like you? I'm sorry. Dishonorable, cowardly pieces of garbage. Excuse, Excuse me. me. Ah, coming for you. Coming for you. We know what you're doing. Excuse me. Ah, I'm sorry. Piles of <laughs> manipulative lying crap. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. This is a time bomb. I'm sorry. 
Excuse me. You're a big tough guy, buddy. You just rammed into me. Ah, How do you like that? Now hit me in the face and see what happens, punk. I'm sorry. There's an attack on the species by a girl of psychopaths. I think he must be defeated. I'm gonna settle down. It's hard because here you are laughing. Yeah, at I a know. Douche Hall of Fame intro yeah. package, but I mean, these are very douchey moments. These are really more of the funny moments so far. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can go to some of the crazy rants here and see uh, right. if these uh, will, you know, cons- make you consider the vote. Remember, we're talking about Douche Hall of Fame, not if he's a douche or not. We know he's a douche. The question is, is he relative uh, douche compared to other Does he to rise to douches? the level? Yeah, that's of hard. Hall of Fame. And remember, the vote is 95%. Mm-hmm. He has to get to. So it's very high standards. Here is Alex Jones and his crazy rants. I'm not a crazy man. Let me tell you something. And so I will admit it here. I am insane. Lies! Lies! No more lies! Lies! Lies, 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 lies! Lies, 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 lies! I've never seen this one before. I haven't either. Yeah! This is normal! This is normal! This is normal! Mm-hmm. It's a sick freak world, man. Right now. And you're gonna get cancer and you're gonna die. And you're gonna thank the government. And you're gonna cower when the police in black uniforms come and give you the shots forcibly. And they're gonna get they're gonna and they're gonna watch babies die and love it. Because they're mm. good guys. It's starting to be not funny. The government's good. Mm-hmm. I'm lying to you. Ha ha ha! The cops are in the uniforms. They're ready, they're coming, they love it. Shut up, handcuffs are on you right now. Back to the cops. Ooh, I'm such a good officer. Oh, Oh, the government's so good. Oh, yeah, they're so good. Oh, thank you, government. You're so loving. I love you so much. Oh, yeah. And they... they, they. <laughs> <laughs> That's just really, I mean... Again, he's bizarre. Uh, note the cop bashing, though. Yeah. yeah. You know, no... We should have included uh, some Glenn Beck bashing, too. That would have helped us along. Because uh, he certainly well. does that. Uh, here he is uh, with his uh, shirtless rants because he enjoys, for some reason, taking his shirt off and showing us how fat he is. Here it is. <laughs> Liberty is rising. Do you understand how good it feels out here right now? Do you understand how high I am off being out here? This feels awesome. This feels fantastic. It's like this big chest. Like no, right no arms. No arms. Taking animals down and hauling them back to the women with the fires in the caves. Yeah, living. That's what it's about. I'm out here bathing in the night. Forest bathing yesterday. That's what it's all about. Forest I don't bathing? need drugs. I hate cocaine. Did it a couple times in high school. I'm like, this is horrible. It's like an anxiety attack. <laughs> this, this is what it is to take on the globalists, have Hillary attack you, and Obama Globalist. attack you, and the communist Chinese attack you, and call for your censorship. See that dark heart. Show them the dark heart. Right there. there it is right there. there. It is. Oh, look at that. over my heart. But the point is, is that this is what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen. This is what it's like when you don't sit in front of video games all day and act like you're intellectual and act like you're tough. And I'm not criticizing you if you play video games. The point is it's designed and admitted to dehumanize you in every single way. And it feels so good to break free from the matrix. It feels so good to be alive. It feels so good to be involved. And it feels so good to just feel my humanity rising as we resist the globalists and as the spirit of humanity re-enters the earth and the enemy just crawls like slugs on their bellies realizing it. Now let's march back. Come on. By the way, it's like 25 degrees out here. <laughs> Look at the <laughs> Wow. Uh, holy cow. Uh, here he is talking about how much weight he's lost. Which, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, it's pretty I clear. I like a pig and not even exercise that much, and I have lost now almost 80 pounds. You can go back wow. over the videos no the last five years where it was 15 pounds and then 20 pounds and 30 pounds, but now, no way, only in 2016, the end of 2015, has it accelerated. So, again, am I a beach body? No. Am I Tarzan? No. no. Am I, you know, some Olympic swimmer? No. The point is, I'm a big guy. <laughs> I got big muscles. I've always been strong. <laughs> what? that in between body size. What's it called? You've got the three different body sizes? Yeah. But I'm the middle size, so I can gain muscle really fast, you name it. But it's hard for me to lose weight. But I, it has just come off of me. And soon there'll be nothing left. Again, I'm not Mr. Beachbody. I don't have all the answers. I don't claim I'm Mr. Sexy. The point is, compare this to some photos that no, showed me five it. years ago. Ever. Oh and again, my God. I started working out five years ago and was swimming two miles every other day. Because you hold your chin like that. I was going across the lake and like back in the morning. I would jog three, four miles. I had a personal trainer. I would do hot yoga. And it didn't lose the weight. People said, look, it's what's going on in your body. Guy has You've no shame. It's no. pretty amazing. Oh, no. Yeah. no shame. I mean, he'll do anything. Yeah, it's he'll just, do anything. If he can help him sell one $90 vitamin bottle, can you he imagine will do ripping your shirt off for the camera on a regular basis like that? No. And again, like, we um, are not in shape either. Even if I, even if I was, you know, cut, like. Um, Me? Like yeah, like well, I, mean, I am you're cut athletically, like Jeffy. athletically overweight. I, like I am cut like Jeffy, but if I if I weren't, I wouldn't be ripping my I shirt mean, off. We joke, but his <laughs> argument there is essentially he's athletically overweight. Yeah. Yes, that is essentially what he's yes, trying to yeah. actually yes. make he's you believe. Absolutely. Talking about he's selling a weight loss product or something, I guess, right? And but he's fat, and he's admitting, yeah, I'm fat. I'm not. I don't have a good body. <laughs> he's gaining well, muscle, here. I guess. I, but I, mean, I don't and know. He, and then he tries to show his muscles, and he doesn't have <laughs> muscles. He's got these thin little arms, and then this weird barrel chest, muscleless physique. It's so weird. Like he seems to actually believe that he looks good. Yeah, he does. I mean, and that shows if he if he can believe that, he'll believe anything. He absolutely can believe frogs are turning gay in the water, and that uh, you know 9/11 uh, was an inside job. And well, and the fish people don't. Let's not forget about that. I will never forget Here, about the. Fish here's people. the fish people. It's too yeah. fantastical for me, though. <laughs> I love the music. Yeah. It's so great. So fantastical. I was told by a genetic engineer. I was told by a genetic engineer. <laughs> about a project they were on in England once and I never told the story on air because it's too so fantastical. fantastical. Too fantastical. It's just oh, too... <laughs> they had in tanks people with gills and their little babies and they were in there just gulping, clawing at the sides. You Gulp. see a turtle at the zoo and it wants out and you feel for it. No. They got no. humanoids crossed with fish and stuff. I mean... <laughs> we know it's... screwed, people. I mean, do you understand that? Crossed with fish and stuff. What's the stuff? Is the I, I wonder? Don't, don't, They're crossed with fish that. and you stuff. Do not want that answer. <laughs> <laughs> humans with gills. Oh I mean, man, humans with gills. But like, if he, I mean, it, we just showed two segments. One of which he's talked about human beings meshed with fish, and the other where he was looking good. And the first one, really, his appearance is the more unbelievable of the two. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I like the fact that he believes that that physique is going to sell products. Right? Is actually to me more unbelievable than fish people in tanks gulping at the zoo. <laughs> well, you know how you see a turtle at the zoo, and he's gulping and he's clawing at the side of the, uh, the you know, the no. cage and stuff, no. and you feel for him. No. You know how you do that? Why would I feel for a turtle <laughs> in water? I, he lives in the water. That's what his gig is. Right? Yeah. 
I think he seems to be talking about like ocean turtles, right? So they're not usually clawing and trying to get out. That's where they live. I don't know. Is, is this enough to be the Douche Hall of Fame? I think there's a legitimate case. Now, also, let's, let's add on to this before we move on, because we, we went with the funny here, which is okay. But let's add on to this. This is a man who went on t- television and in one of the worst crimes in, hum- in American history, uh, honestly, where massacre yeah. of, of little children... Um, and he went on there and said he denied it. He said it was a hoax. He said that the government was using actors and no children died at Sandy Hook. You know, I could he play that. We've, do we still have access to play the radio machine on this show? Oh, I don't know. We haven't done that in a long time. Is that possible? In the, in the, control, room? In the control room? Can we, we can have, that be done? No. You don't, don't know? Oh, you don't? No. Oh. Okay. You don't? But, I mean, it's true. We, we've played it before a hundred times. Yeah, he uh, has he, denied that Sandy Hook even happened. Yes. It's not like... Well, that was done by the government, as in the case of 9-11, which he also has pushed for 17 years now. But, 16, I guess. But he, he claims that nobody died there. Nobody died at Sandy Hook. I mean, it's, it's incomprehensible how you can make that claim. And that's just one of the shootings. He, all, almost every mass shooting. Is a false one flag. That, that serves him. Like the Bernie Sanders one there, I don't think they're denying. Um, uh, uh, but they are, you know, they deny every single shooting and call it a false flag. They also, 3,000 people, you may remember, denied in, in, in 9-11. It's not just a terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. 3,000 people died. Really, um, he's the founder of that. Of the he's, 9-11 conspiracy he's theory. He's one of the founders. Job, along with Cynthia McKinney, the hardest socialist uh, congressman probably we've had in mm-hmm. this country in the last 20 years, at the, at the very least, is tied for that role. I mean, a complete insane person. Essentially, the man blamed George W. Bush for the 9-11 attack. Murdering 3,000 people to get them in a war in Iraq, which he conveniently then delayed for multiple years. And, and then never, never the claimed case. was about Iraq no. or, or was about uh, 9-11. Um, so it, while we look at the jokiness mm. of him being a moron, he's done a lot of really serious things that really have crushed things. people. He, it, yeah. You know, the, the uh, Comet Ping Pong thing he had to, uh, to uh, r- 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 apologize for. And again, you might say, well, a Democrat so owns that business. I don't feel bad about that. So, well, you know what? This is a businessman who for no reason was called a pedophile and a child trafficker when there was no truth to it because of largely things that this guy did. Another one is the Chobani yogurt thing where he made that and had to apologize and have a settlement with them to say that he was lying about that uh, over and over and over again. These the guy have- doesn't believe in Muslim terrorism, in uh, uh, Muslim largely. extremist yeah. terrorism, because uh, every attack he says the government is behind. Uh, I mean, it doesn't he doesn't make any sense. He's, yep. You just start raving mad. Yep. Uh, I mean, I. We could list these the serious things forever, honestly, yeah. with this one. Um, but we'll let you guys make the decision. The vote is going on here in just a moment. Go to patandstew.com or theblaze.com slash the feed, uh, mm-hmm. and you can go vote. Jeffy is very close to posting. Are we ready? Have you posted? Should yeah. Alex Jones be inducted into the Douche Hall of Fame? Ready to rock and roll. Ready to rock okay. and roll? Okay, Let's... you have one minute to vote, so get there getting... right now. Now. All right. Alex Jones. Now, here, let me, let's walk you through a little bit. If you haven't had a douche Hall of Fame vote, we haven't had one in a while. One person inducted this year, of course, Barack Obama. Uh, last mm-hmm. year, we had two people inducted into the douche Hall there of Fame. There was only two people last year? Two people in 2016. Holy cow. Who were they? Uh, they were... I can pull that up for you if you'd like. Uh, I would like. Uh, you go to douchehalloffame.info. Which I did for the first time today. It's a great site. It's a great site. <laughs> it is a fantastic <laughs> site. Uh, you go there, and you can uh, see all the... Uh, uh, all the uh, Hillary Clinton. Hillary, Hillary Clinton, Clinton was one. Thank you. Because we, we would have heard to make sure, in case you became president, we would not and have Donald been. Trump. 
Yeah, oh, those okay. were the two, yeah. <laughs> All right. Do we like there politics on the show? The answer probably is no when you think about it that way. <laughs> Got to get to 95% of the vote to get voted into the Douche Hall of Fame. This is the world's most exclusive Hall of Fame, the most difficult to get into. Jeffy, how many damn pancakes have you eaten? I think I, he's eating. Every eight, time I look over there, it's like, I know there's less. There's like none left. I haven't had any yet. <laughs> I, Your I, wife I, made them for us, not you. <clears throat> All right. The voting is over. I can't help that you've had. The, had the voting is over. Bring it into it, Jeffy. And uh, what is. What does it look like if you could stop feeding your stop fat face? Stop eating for until half you at second. least give us the percentage. Well, I mean, the computer's got to do its thing. We mm. go to the curator of the Douche Hall of Fame Museum, Jeff Fisher. Jeffy? Alex Jones. Should he be inducted into the Douche Hall of Fame? Needs 95% of the vote. He does not make. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Oh, very disappointing. Very really? Disappointing. I wondered. I. You know, it's disappointing. He has his to me. defenders. I'm uh, disappointed. I'm and, disappointed. And, and also, I will say that uh, many of the comments uh, were close to this. Uh, most of this stuff makes him look more insane than douchey. Uh, but well, the come Sandy on, the Hook, 9/11 the, stuff, the, the Sandy, Sandy Hook, Sandy Hook stuff, stuff puts him over the, you know, may clinch it, but it didn't. Uh, how many? Um, what was the percentage? Uh, 73. 70. 73%, not quite there. Now, remember, this is, a, wow. this is an audience that, that put Donald Trump in the Douche Hall of Fame with right. 99% but of the vote. not Alex Jones. But not Alex Jones. Well, we'll no. have to, I think, you know All what? Right. I think if we try We'll have to, to make a better case next time with the uh, actual yeah. doucheness. Try, I mean, this was insanity, mostly. Yeah, we trust you to do uh, your own homework. You know who Alex <clears throat> Jones is in the, th- mm-hmm. the series. I think next time, maybe we make the real douchey case. Um, on him. I mean, look, still 73% of the audience thinks he should be in the Douche Hall of Fame. This is not exactly a win for Alex, uh, but he does not get in, sadly. Um, mm. And we, you know, we're very sad for Alex, because this would be probably the best thing he'd ever accomplish. Probably. Hello, and welcome to Patton's too. Triple eight seven two seven back. Fast food giant Burger King is uh, in trouble in Belgium oh, no. with the royal family there for posting an ad pinning their country, uh, their company's mascot, the King of Burgers, with Belgium's uh, King Philippe. Uh, the ad called Two Kings, One Crown, Who Will Rule? Vote Now." It invites Belgians <clears throat> to choose between the kings to crown the true ruler of the nation. Those who choose King Philippe, however, are then prompted by a message, are you sure? He won't be the one to cook your fries. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think the royal family thought it was. The ad didn't Ugh. sit well with them. They're protesting the chain. We disapprove of this approach. Since it is for commercial purposes, we would not have given our authorization. Well, I don't think anybody asked you for it. So, what, you can't talk about the guy without authorization? <laughs> Come on. Uh, despite the backlash, Burger King hasn't removed the ad, which is far different so than what terrible. would happen yeah. here in America. Here, they'd pull the ad in 10 they seconds would. if it offended somebody. Yep. Not if it offended Trump, yep. I guess, but if it offended Barack Obama. Imagine oh, my they gosh. To Barack Obama, they'd pull the thing in a second. My gosh. <clears throat> so, so ridiculous. <clears throat> uh, I mean, look, get over yourself. Right? Belgium. What have you done? Yeah, yeah, the waffles. Let me ask you this. Why are countries in Europe so married to continuing this charade of royal families? There's not one single actual kingdom outside of Saudi Arabia, which the kingdom there, they actually rule the, the country. But uh, Belgium, 
France, Spain, England. Those are not monarchs anymore. No, I know. They're not monarchies. And so why do you continue this sham? And it's so weird because it's not like they're po- it's positive. I know. Like it's, oh, I remember we used to have a mass murderer at the top of our Ooh. chain. Let's make sure they stay there. Remember when one guy decided who lived and who died in our country? <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> let's, let's just you let's know, pretend we'll to keep homage. that going. Right. Yeah, weird. It's just a bizarre. Uh, and then you just pay billions to that family. I for, mean, for what the Windsors in in England are some of the wealthiest people in the world, and so you got taxpayer funds going to keep this sham alive. Uh, they don't actually do anything except show up at, at public affairs. I mean, why would you? Why? I don't understand it. It's it's a weird phenomenon to me. Uh, you dropped the monarchy. I don't know, two hundred years ago. Why do you keep trying to? You know, put up the the front yeah. that it still exists. It seems like the type of thing that you'd want to hide. It's like if the mm-hmm. you know again, like they. I'm not saying I'm not comparing them directly to the Nazis, but it's like if they were like, you know, we still have a Führer. You know, <laughs> I, you know, we still have a Führer. Uh, you know, I mean, it doesn't necessarily kill Jews anymore, but you know, we got a guy with the, the Hitler mustache, and he kind of still rules the country. It's no big deal. And he travels around the world, <laughs> shakes hands with the other leaders. You know, I guess they still have chancellors, but the chancellor actually runs the country, and yeah. it's, a, it's a normal. Yeah. It's like you just—it's yeah. a weird. Uh, it's really weird. It's a weird distinction, I guess. Um, really weird. There you go. And you know, uh, the law has a lot of power. <clears throat> they can make people live or die, or they can decide whether something is a sandwich and something is not. And that is probably the most important role of government, as you know. Um, mental floss. <laughs> there's actually legal definitions of what a sandwich is. For example, in California, hot dogs are sandwiches. I disagree with that. I don't know. Emphatically. Why, though? A hot dog is not a sandwich. Why? Because it's a hot dog. It's just a, there's a separate category. Hamburgers, too. Hamburger is really not a sandwich. It's a hamburger. There's a hamburger, there's a hot well, but dog. But a hamburger is really a sandwich. I mean, it's just a sandwich with a different kind of thing. Like, instead of roast beef, it's a different kind of beef. To me, a burger is, I, I, I don't know, the bun is different the, than the bread that you use for a sandwich. Uh, it's just, uh, I don't know, to me it's different. It's different. I mean, it is different, but I, questioning, because I think we all think of hamburgers as their own thing and hot dogs as their own thing. Mm-hmm. Why aren't they actually sandwiches, though? I mean... The hot dog is like, it's one piece of bread folded and wrapped around with an open top. So it is a different design than a sandwich. A, hi- a hamburger is just straight out the same design as a sandwich. It's got a bun on the top, it's got a bun on the bottom, it it's got have, stuff in the middle. It doesn't have square bread, or very nearly square bread, or rectangular bread. Yeah, unless, you're, unless, bread. You're, unless you're out of circle bread, then you can use the square bread. <laughs> you could, but you don't want to, right? I mean, you don't want to put it on regular bread. No. Um, so, <laughs> uh, Massachusetts, uh, you know, have you ever been to Qdoba, Pat? Are you a Qdoba guy? No, I don't even know what Qdoba is. It's like a, you don't know either? I don't think so, no. They serve food there, Jeffy. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. They serve food? <laughs> Wouldn't you have been there? No, I, okay. I understood. That's... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, Qdoba is, uh, I would say it's, um... Somewhat similar to a Chipotle hmm. or a Freebirds, which is here in Texas, a burrito place. Panera? Uh, Panera bread? No, no. it's Mexican. It's like a Chipotle, like, so it's like a Mexican thing. They've got tacos, oh. they've got burritos, they've got chips and queso. They have, I think, quesadillas there. Uh, I, I, I like it. Another one is, um, what's the one that has the Seinfeld name? Uh, Moe's is another one. Moe's? Mm. Uh, Don't to Mo's? know Moe's either. Uh, it's like a, a casual, you know, quick dining 
fast food, but like a little higher level than like a Taco Bell where like you're driving through and you're getting kind of like fast food. It's a little higher level than that. So Chipotle is a fair, a relatively good. fair uh, comparison. Anyway, it's good food. I like it a lot. I like Qdoba. Uh, they uh, had an issue in um, Massachusetts uh, where they, uh, they actually came and wanted to, um, uh, they had, a, I guess there was an agreement with a shopping center that said Panera Bread, which was involved in this, said uh, they wouldn't rent uh, any space to a another sandwich shop. Qdoba wanted in, and they said, "Well, burrito is not a sandwich. You can't come. You can come in because a burrito is." Not I, a I sandwich. agree with that. I think I, a burrito is not a sandwich. Like a burrito is a, a is a wrap. Yes. Right. And a wrap yeah. is not a sandwich. No. I, 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 I yes. Right. I agree with that. So it's, it's it's a tough one. I'm okay with that. Uh, how USDA about, yeah. says a sandwich is meat between two slices of bread. Oh, so a peanut butter and jelly is not a sandwich. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Not according sure to the USDA because it's, it's well, not The USDA meat. doesn't know what you're talking about. It's a government agency. Right. They they're done. This is my point, I guess, at the second. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> now, the USDA also says that a burrito is a sandwich-like product. But not a sandwich. So Fajitas may also be a sandwich-like product, as long as the strips of meat in question come bundled in a tortilla. Another section of the book lists mm. hot dogs and hamburgers as examples of sandwich-type products when laying out inspection policies for prepackaged dinners. I, I, I mean, I, hmm. I, it's, it's tough. This is, this is probably is. the most difficult thing you'll ponder today. <laughs> uh, and in New York, if it's served on something remotely bread-like, it's a sandwich. Hmm. And I, I think they're wrong about that. Quite frankly. They say sandwiches include hot and cold mm. sandwiches of every kind that are prepared on ready-to-be-eaten, whether uh, and ready-to-be-eaten, whether made on bread, mm. on bagels, on rolls, on pitas, in wraps, or otherwise, and regardless of the filling or number of layers, a sandwich can be as simple as a buttered bagel or roll. That no. is not a sandwich. No, And that's why no. we had to leave New York. No, they yes. don't even know what the hell a sandwich is. <laughs> More Pat and Stu coming up in a minute. A buttered roll? No. It's a butter sandwich? Is that their case essentially? Yes, yes. No. Come on. That is no. ridiculous. Typical New York. Welcome to the program. Uh, we are very excited to uh, try something new today. This is called, uh, well, it's not new because it says right on the back since 1921. Uh, so I'm going to say that's not very <laughs> well, new. Well, the, the company's been there since 1921. Not necessarily that particular pretzel. Or this particular bag. Right. Um, oh, this. But uh, it's unique pretzels. Uh, and I guess, is this uh, it's someone uh, who watches the show and decided to send this in who, uh, I guess, works for the company or owns the company or something? Hmm, I don't know. I, I don't know, know that. So I don't know. We're kind of excited about it. So we've got. Let's now, try them. I will say, uh, as you know, if you watch the show, I'm not a big pretzel guy. So, uh, but they did set us also awesome sauces and stuff that I'm going to try out. Honey I do mustard. Like, I like pretzels. Do you like pretzels? I do love pretzels, yeah. I like them. We got honey mustard. We got uniquely horseradish dip. Do. And, well, there's got to be some sort of mustard. German mustard. Ooh, that sounds German great. mustard. So, okay, honey mustard sounds great. I'm I think we beat Try that on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, okay. I've got some, some bread here. This is probably bougie sauce to you. You ain't Jeffy. lying. So, uh-huh. Real bougie sauce. We kind of all have Nasty. a little area mm. we won't go down here. Um, mm. But that's why they sent us such a wonderful variety. Really yeah. good. Mmm. Oh, yeah. Honey mustard's delicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jeffy? So is the pretzel. The pretzel's think? great. Really good. 
Now, what kind? What you guys had uh, with the this one, the shells, or you have yeah. the splits? The pretzel is great. I can't. I can't eat the sauce. I could die. I'm allergic. Jeffy, I, don't I think, think you that's could true. ingest anything and not die. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, we've tried several times to test that theory. Um, so we also have a German mm. mustard. Mm -hmm. Which that one actually, are you that using? That didn't smell too bad. The German mustard oh. one, which I don't. Oh, like. you're using this. Where's the German mustard one? That is really freaking good mustard. Just is dip it? it right in there, Pat. Don't, don't worry about taking a spoon. Just dip your fingers right in the middle of the jar. I didn't get my fingers in it at all. So, that's, mm. that's, that's good. really good. That mustard's really, it's cream. Mm -hmm. The thing with mustard, you don't want it all to be bite. You want a little bit of that creamy in there. You know, that whole uh, mm -hmm. kind of the Dijonese vibe almost. Um, now that's yep. a, a very a creamy mustard. Very, very good. And then uh, you have a horseradish thing as well. I like the horseradish too. You wow, like this is all really good. All really good. Now we Do have, you have other ones over there, or is it? Oh, we've got everything. Yes, you have everything. Plus one extra. You took one of the white mm. bowls. Those are good. That's really good. This is all really good stuff. Really Unique good. Right, uh, let's give Jeffy a couple kinds to try. Um, here's a flavor shock honey mustard. Do you want to try those, Pat? Mm -hmm. those, you probably mm -hmm. like those. Mm. I'll crunch. No filling. Oh, sorry. Ooh. All crunch, no filling. That's an interesting slogan to uh mm. all crunch, no filling. Hmm. Well, that's it. Yeah, you're right. It's all the it's like mm -hmm. out the outside of the pretzel only. Look at that. Mm. Let me get a shot on that. Look mm -hmm. at that. And this is important. Pretty good. You kind of see that? It's like uh I love it all. <laughs> These splits with the extra salt are delicious. Mm. All by themselves or with honey mustard on. Here's another shot of the, the, the what they're doing here with the uh, outside only. Mm. Look at these. Get in there and check that out. You can kind of see these are the shells. So you can, I guess, jam some some uh, different toppings and stuff yeah, inside. Take your spoon. You can spoon some of that wow. sauce you have yourself over there in it. This is a whole grain wheat pretzel. I think I'd probably be okay with that one. Yeah? Yeah. It's just a normal pretzel. I don't like that much. Let's see. Let's see. Let me look at it. Okay, that's the splits too. So that's the original splits. Hmm. This is a extra salt splits. Hmm. All right. While you're doing that, I don't want to bash. Uh, I don't want to miss Unique's uh, promo for this. But I want to thank my wife, who did her womanly duties and made us some red velvet pancakes today. Mm -hmm. Look at what he's doing. Mm -hmm. He's masking it in chauvinism. Mm -hmm. But what he's doing is interrupting the segment to mm -hmm. thank his wife on the TV. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's exactly wow. what just happened there, Pat. <laughs> what time do we have to be out? 40-30, I think, right? Okay, so we have about a minute left. We also have Flavor Shocked Tangy Ranch. Um, <clears throat> the original hollow pretzel from Unique since 1921. I, I gotta say, these are I, I, there's too many bags here to give ratings. And, <laughs> I know. Um, I'm but, gonna give uh, them all like a 16. Oh, They're really, really good. Really good. They mm -hmm. did a good job with these. Um, and I guess that's how your company lasts, you know, a century. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Has something to do with it. Mm -hmm. Another thing we found, uh, which is really amazing, Coca-Cola. <laughs> now, this is a product pack. It's amazing. Um, I think it might last. Mm. There's something to it. There's something to it. Wow, that's really good. Oh, this is really good. Jeffy, any favorites? Nope. We didn't really give you many, <laughs> to be honest about it. No, that's fine. We didn't really hook you up with this, many. This unique honey mustard, absolutely fantastic. Really sweet for a honey Man, mustard. Man, that's good. Yeah, a lot of times mm. a mustards will a honey mustard will lean to mustard. Mm -hmm. uh, this is uh, it's not just a sweet mustard. This is a guy. This has got a honey vibe to it. A really uh -huh. pretty strong honey vibe. Overall, really good, and we're really uh, thankful to the people that you. Yeah, thank for, you. Uh, really delicious. Here. I mean, in fact, I'm going to give them 17. 
Really? Yes. Wow. That's hot. I mean, there's more, very few. More coming up in a sec. Oh, no, okay. We're, we're not done yet. All right, so we can keep trying these. Okay. <laughs> I think we've Good. tried all of them. I don't think we have any more to uh, other shelves. Oh, yeah, this one. Here's one. I got another one here. I found one. Uh, bacon cheddar flavor. Oh, my God. This is right down You got to try salad. that by itself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You got to try the bacon cheddar flavor. Mmm. Mm-hmm. There we go. The bacon cheddar is great, covering too. up the entomans. All that really unique was pretty nice cinnamon. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Entomans we purchased. Um, now, 17 about, on all of it. I'm going to give you, how about this? A red velvet pancake coated <laughs> and With honey, honey mustard. mustard. Ooh, I don't know about it that It doesn't one. seem like a good combination no, necessarily. Not. It's all about trying new things. <laughs> not really. Oh, hurry up. This is pretty good. Get that tasted before we're... All right. More patent stew coming up in a second. Bacon cheddar, really good. I said I had my interview coming up, and Pat's like, all right, see ya. Like, legitimately, <laughs> that just happened. Now he's standing over there. Uh, Catherine Price, she uh, wrote a great book called Vitamania that you should read um, about the truth behind the, a lot of the things we actually want to eat. Um, but she also went around and looked at all the places around the, the country that you really don't need to visit in your life. Check it out. When you work in the media, you move around a lot. I've lived in a bunch of different places. There are things I miss about each of them, and other things I don't miss at all. For example, Penn Station at rush hour, awful. Uh, South Street in Philly after the Eagles lose, terrible. Florida in August, or pretty much the entire state for the entire summer, I don't miss that at all. That's just to name a few. There are many, many more unsavory places, though, uh, to never visit. Here to expound on those destinations is author of 101 Places Not to See Before You Die, Catherine Price. Welcome to the show, Catherine. Thank you. And actually, welcome back. You were on our show a while ago uh, and about your book, Vitamania, which was, is an incredible read. Um, before we start on, on this book, have they proven that vitamins are really useful yet in the interim since our last interview? <laughs> yeah, vitamins are actually the secret to longevity and eternal life. So, oh, okay. you know, keep taking as much as you can. <laughs> or just read the book and, uh, yeah, learn the truth. But it's great to be back, you know, being on a man's lap with his hands moving as if they're mine is um, an unusual experience for any woman. So thank you. You're welcome. We try to, we try to give people new experiences, and uh, you can tell your entire family or hide it from them forever. Uh, that's up to you. Um, let's go to your book about 101 Places Not to See. I like this because everyone tells you about the places you should go see before you die. You've taken the opposite tact. Um, what inspired you to write the book? Well, basically, I just began to feel overwhelmed by the number of books out there that were telling me things I had to do before I died. <laughs> So I am an avid list maker and type A personality. So if you give me a list of things to do or an assignment, I'm going to feel like I need to check all of the boxes. And so when the like rash of books came out, there was like a hundred and you know, a thousand and one places to see before you die, a thousand and one places to play golf, a thousand and one gardens to see, a thousand, there was literally a thousand and one places to pee before you die. <laughs> I thought this is like too much, and I want to take back this idea of these travel lists and, and reintroduce people to the idea that travel in its essence, the best part of it is 
to make it an adventure, not a list. And so it, despite the title, it's actually a very pro-travel book. I thought I would put together this list of places that um, people don't have to feel bad about missing. Or for those people who see positive in absolutely everything, I, I came up with some places you can't see, even if you wanted to, like Jupiter's worst moon. And um, with that said, like, hey, if you read this book and you're like, you know what, I really do want to visit some of these places, more power to you. The point is that you made the decision to do it. You didn't just do it because it was on a list of places someone was telling you to see. So basically it was an attempt to celebrate the, what I think is the point of travel, which is really to have adventures. Some of the lists are from your book, 101 Places Not to See Before You Die. Uh, the Testicle Festival. <laughs> it's a good place to start. And let me tell you that when my uh, husband's grandmother, who is very religious, read my book, and praise me about it. I just have kept thinking that's the first entry in this book. Like, what was her real reaction when she opened the book? It's like the testicle festival. Um, but that one's pretty literal. I mean, it's a festival in Montana that is dedicated to eating the testicles of bulls. And um, you may know them as other names like Rocky Mountain oysters or uh, cowboy caviar, or my favorite is Montana tender groin. And <laughs> it's, um, this festival started almost 40 years ago, four decades of ball eating. <laughs> and it had about 300 people when it first began. Now it's up to 15,000 people. And basically it is what it sounds like. And then some, so they serve up, I believe it's 15,000 pounds of no 50, 50,000 pounds of fried balls. So if that's your thing, like more power to you. But I figured that was something that both I and my grandmother-in-law probably didn't need to have on our lists. I will say I make lists as well. And one of them was to have a guest say four decades of ball eating on the show. And you know, we, we can check that off. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm here to help, you know. Which is great. Okay, how about the Winchester Mystery House? That actually kind of sounds cool in San Jose. What's wrong with that one? Well, so the Winchester Mystery House is this house built by Sarah Winchester, who was the heiress to the fortune of the um, Winchester Repeating Arms Company, the gunmaker. So she had personal tragedy strike where her husband died and her daughter died, and she went to a psychic. And the this is the legend. Actually, no one knows the truth of this, which is part of the reason I didn't think this was something you need to see. But the psychic told her that the only way to appease these um, the souls of the people who've been killed by the rifles, because that's who the psychic said was responsible for the deaths of her husband and her daughter, was to go west and then build a house and never stop building it. If she ever stopped building it, then those ghosts would come after her. So that's the story. I don't know if that's true. And if it is true, I think she should have questioned the psychic, like her choice of psychic. Like maybe get a second opinion when that happens. But anyway... <laughs> But the truth is that there is a house in San Jose, and it is it is truly bizarre. It basically, you know, <laughs> I think I, I said it was basically the result of what would happen if you had someone with no architectural training with a budget of $1,000 a day in the 1800s uh, who was believing that she was being pursued by ghosts. So there's all these weird things in the house. There's staircases that don't lead to anything. There's chimneys that don't reach the ceiling. There's a door on the second floor that if you open it, sorry, a window, that's also a door. And if you open it, there's just a 15 foot drop to the ground. Um, <laughs> so it is truly bizarre. I will give it that. But at the time I visited, which was almost 10 years ago, it was $26 to visit. And most of the furniture was actually given away soon after her death. So most of the rooms are empty. So you're essentially touring this big, empty, weird house. So you actually, ha in the book, have a, um, one of my favorite vacation memories as a place you should never see before you die. Um, yeah, tell me. 
this too. So I, I can remember, and again, it's, as, as you said, it's these stories that you, could, that you can recall your entire life that you tell people. I can remember standing on a hill, looking down towards the base of this hill and seeing, like rubbing my eyes, am I actually seeing what I'm seeing? A water slide that goes in a loop. I, I remember sitting here, standing on that hill, staring for 10, as a kid, 10 minutes, looking at this thing. I couldn't believe what I actually saw. This happens, at, actually real thing. It was at Action Park in New Jersey, where I had many scrapes and bruises after my various trips there. Um, it is one of my favorite things because it is, one, it is almost a relic from the past in that they didn't care. They were the safety regulations. I mean, they weren't even thought of. You were. It was up to you to figure out whether you'd live or die on this ride. Yes. Yes. Uh, the other names for this park, uh, it's Action Park. Technically, it was Traction Park, <laughs> Death Park, and my favorite was Class Action Park. I mean, yeah, that was the Cannonball Water Slide where they they somehow decided that the um you know. <laughs> the lack of friction afforded by a wet bathing suit would somehow be enough to carry a human body in a loop-de-loop around a cannonball. <laughs> I mean, and that wasn't even the worst of it. Like, they actually had water snakes in one of <laughs> the speedboat pond, had, like, water snakes in it. And, you know, several people got electrocuted in, like, a, a kayak pond or something. And then they had, like, a, a diving area where a diving cliff where you couldn't the people who were swimming in the pool beneath it didn't know there was a cliff above it. I mean, there were there were numerous deaths there and many head injuries and fractures and and memorable moments for 10 year old boys i guess i remember the the cliff diving part that you're talking about and it was a big i mean you know certainly for a kid but i remember even looking back at it later in life and thinking that was a pretty high jump and you jumped down and there was no one up there to like hold the next person back from jumping. So you just jump down, you come up out of the water after a 20 foot jump and you come up and you just see legs coming down from the sky. <laughs> right, exactly, like memorable stuff if you live to tell the tale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, honestly, I, could, I, I know we're short on time here. Um, I, I could go through, there's 101 of them and they're all great. It's a really fun read. Is there one more that you would, you would call out specifically uh, to warn people to stay away from? I was going to say there's a game in Afghanistan called Buskashi, which is basically where uh, a group of men on horseback take a, well, here are the steps. Te step one is kill a goat. I need the fingers so you can count these. There's five steps. Okay. Step one is kill a goat. Mm -hmm. Step two is behead the goat. Step three is disembowel the goat. Those two can be combined. Step four is soak the goat in cold water so that it toughens up. Step five is give it to the men on horseback and have them play this like truly brutal game called Buskashi. And then step six, five, whatever I'm up to is barbecue. You barbecue the goat afterwards. So it's basically like a game. I read about it in the New York Times uh, in a story written by a war correspondent, which gives you a sense of who's attending these games. But um, there's no set end time. There's no set uh, borders to the field. So spectators are often trampled. So if like you're worried about a foul ball hitting your kid during a baseball game, like not go. And um, yeah, and there's no time limit. So I don't really get how they tell when it's over. Maybe they just get tired of it and then they cook the goat. But apparently all that, you know, battering of the goat makes it very tender. So, so it's really yeah. just a giant meat tenderizer uh, yep, disguised as a game. Wait, so very are they batting the head around or are they batting, they're batting the whole goat? No, 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 the body. They have like basically the rules are you have to drag the goat around a little post and then you have to go across the field and throw it in a chalk circle. And, um, you know, it's, <laughs> but while, you, while you're doing that, there's other men on horseback chasing you and they're allowed to use like whips and beat you and basically do anything except trip your horse. You swear you didn't make that up. This is a real I thing. I did not make it. Dex 
Dexter Filkins of the New York Times wrote a whole story about it. Wow. real. There's a lot of it. Uh, In this book, it's called 101 Places Not to See Before You Die. While you're at it, also pick up Vitamania, which is a great book. And it, I mean, you want to be challenged on all the things you've been told your entire life. Uh, Vitamania will do that for you. It's, It's incredible. Catherine Price, you're so great. Thank you so much for coming back on with us. Thank you very much for having me again. And thank you, you know, headless man. Mm -hmm. He actually has a head. It's just behind the TV. I I don't actually believe that, but, you know.